Monica's article about a Hayabusa-powered Bond bug. I saw that. Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage <laughs> Podcast, episode 106. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. You know, it's been a while since I've ruined an episode. Uh, you know, I, I, I knew you were going to keep talking, but I voluntarily started the recording during that, so it's fine. I still have my testosterone next to me. However, I do have to go into Twitch real quick and update. Testarossa is pretty cool. Updating. All right. Oh, Twitch has been updated. Nice. <laughs> flat 12. Not a boxer, actually. Fun right. Fact. It's it's Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a flat V. Yeah. It's a flat V. It's a 180 degree V12. And the reason it's not boxer is because <clears throat> there is a point on a V12 in which you don't have the engine perfectly balanced from left to right. Yeah. It has to do with the crankshaft. Yeah. Um, anyway. So remember we were talking last week about the Cavalier? Yes. Yes. So... That thing apparently was offered in its last final death throws with an Ecotech engine, which brought it all the way through the Cobalt, yes. and into its replacement, which had a 1.4 liter turbo or 1.8 liter naturally aspirated Ecotech. That was the Cruze. People that own the Chevy Cruze are the same demographic that owned the Cobalt and that owned the Cavalier. Eek. Now, when you think of this owner demographic, what comes to mind? Yeah. Special financing. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So these are cars that people buy because they have no choice but to buy this. Usually people in rural families that don't have the opportunity to buy an import because their parents say they have to buy domestic. So uh, also inbreeding. We've established that. Of course. Yes, there's this. Um, where else you find inbreeding? Uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. That's yes. probably pretty high on the list, right? Everybody's too far away. It makes sense. Alabama. Yeah, it's convenient for them. Why drive, why drive four counties over to find the next the nearest family when your sister is right there? Exactly. So I found an article that brings these two things together in oh. that one demographic. And unfortunately, it's kind of a sad story. But, but, but. It's a hilarious sad it story. It is kind of hilarious. Two Texans die attempting to jump a Chevy Cruze across an open drawbridge. Oh. Like, what? Well, this is natural selection at work. Yeah. Because, like, what did you think was going to happen? So, you know, all those scenes of, like, the Dukes of Hazard and everything and James Bond and all that? Th- those are yeah. all staged. They are. Like, the movie Speed, but you would have died in a fiery wreck. Don't understand that it was staged. Well. So, um, there was a photo of the crews uh, being surrounded by a bunch of floaty pillows being kind of raised from the riverbed and like the roof is all caved in. So I'm guessing that thing, since it's front engine, front wheel yeah. drive, it probably went over the edge and then landed roof first on the water. I would think, cause that's a pretty significant impact. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if they died instantly. I'm not actually going to read into it cause I, I don't like that story. Because that car is pretty intact and they were probably unconscious. And, and I think they had fairly good crash safety ratings or whatever when they came out. So, um, well there you go. You can take your safety rating and shove it. Because but I think it broke guys... the rear window out when it landed. So, yeah, that but it could it could have been quick. up against sediment though. True. So but anyway, yeah. Anyway, I, I, the thing is, I think the fact here is that your uh, safety rating is bullshit, and if you had a no, mirage, no, no. you would have been okay. Might be fine, but we need to add another test. Yeah. To the the NHTSA tests and all that. Now we need the upside down jump off a drawbridge test because yeah. this is why warning labels exist on things, because something happened. That's that stupid with that product with because somebody. Because of the American South. Exactly. So thank yeah. you, the South, for probably instigating a new type of crash testing, which involves oh jumping. I'd be fascinated to watch. But <laughs> now we're going to have to rate cars zero to five stars on the inverse See, water crash. Being someone that works with children that are smarter than adults. This yeah. Like, this yeah, if you ask your children, can you do that? 
They'll be like, no. No, they'd be like, why would you try? Like, no. They like dig out the whiteboard and they start like doing yeah transient equations and things. And they tell you Pluto's not a planet, which that's a Kuiper Belt object now. Thank you. Yeah, bull crap. It's a planet. Actually, I don't get why everybody's so mad about Pluto not being a planet because Pluto used to be the worst planet. Now it's the best Plutoid. It literally has a class of subplanets that are named after it. It's Plutoids. Kuiper Belt object. Yeah, but I mean, like that style of almost planet, where it's a planet that hasn't quite cleared its orbit, is called a Plutoid. Well, I mean, I can kind of see how they can not classify it as a planet because its orbit goes yeah. so far out, and it takes like was it 254 years for it to circle the sun or something? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous, and it goes inside of Neptune's orbit all the time. And yeah, so it's it's way out there. Like yeah. I saw it mapped one time. I'm like, I, I get it, yeah, but let us have Pluto. We were watching. Um, magic school bus and I, oh yes Ms. and Fritz. i realized Frizz? how old yeah miss mi, mi, frizzle frizzle, frizzle. Yes. yeah thank you and um my students were watching it and they were really excited and they're like wait pluto's not a planet and then the at the end of the episode when they're always calling into the lizard to tell them oh you got this wrong but they're like it's a cartoon so it's right (laughs) and it was like oh yeah pluto's not even gonna leave neptune's orbit until 1999 and then i was like oh i remember when this episode was aired (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's not a real i used to that was one of my favorite like saturday morning things to hop on it was like bill nye the science guy and magic school bus bill nye the science guy so you can tell by the way bill nye Oh, Bill sorry. Nye is like really <laughs> insufferable now, but anyway. Oh, he if, is. If you yeah, want to know now. how to, and eventually end up on a podcast where you talk about nothing, you grow up watching Bill Nye the Science Guy and Magic School Bus. And yeah, now we have Neil true. deGrasse Tyson. Yes, so Neil deGrasse Tyson is the good Bill Nye. He is epic. He, between uh, yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson is everything Bill Nye like was, and the thing is, is like, I want Bill Nye to still be good. Like, I really watched his Netflix episode. But he really did become, like, totally preachy and insufferable. Yes. Because well, I got excited thing. when I saw that, and then I got, like, three minutes into his new like, show. Jesus. I'm like, dude, don't monologue, like, slut-shame the entire world. Yeah, I watched the second so season and the episode on uh, genetically modified stuff was so Monsanto pro, and I was like, um, no. Well, all right, so the thing is, all right, so you can be, like, pro-science, and you can have, like, your science, your science facts and everything, but it, it's like, you, you, if you're trying to make a point, don't ostracize everybody in the world. Yeah, it's not a good like, way to get somebody's attention and hold no, it. No, <laughs> like, the, he is like, all right, so when, when Republican people talk about, like, the problem with liberal people, mm-hmm. he embodies that. Like, that's exactly what, what it is. Yeah. And it's like, as a liberal person, you too are a liberal person. We both go out of our way to not be like that. I avoid talking about politics. I, I just, I avoid being a dick like that. Like, not uh, seeing the other point of view. Yeah, no, yes, yeah. And like, that's like just, I'm a dick, but not doing that. Yeah. No, like, like, you can be a dick, but it's like, you, you at least, like, hear, acknowledge the other person's point of view. And then you at least present pre- facts. Yeah, you so present cars. facts. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm not sure how we got here from the uh, jump yeah. in the cruise or whatever, but uh, there's yeah, there's that. Yeah, that was him. yay. But anyway, uh, so Honda's adorable little electric car, the Honda E Urban EV. Oh, that city now, thing. Yeah, that, that's not for sale. Not in America, because I'm not sad. happy about well, that. Well, I mean, we told our constituency about that, though. I'm still bitter. I can tell that you're salty. So it's okay. Honda still hasn't learned they can go. Fuck themselves. Um, and also, this is fun. Good news. 
Uh, fun and good. I like those. Yes, fun and good news. Mexico is selling off $1.5 million of cars that they've seized from drug dealers to help Mexican poor people. That is so. super oh, nice of that them. That is awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. So they have uh, a virtual Argo just like that one. Um, is it a manual? I don't know. It's yellow. Probably, Probably not. But 77 cars, um, Porsches, Corvettes, Mercedes. It's called the Robin Hood effort to return proceeds Aww. of crime to the country's poorest people. <laughs> so that's very, very cool. That's really nice. That I like that idea. That's handy dandy. Mexico is trying so hard. Yeah. I'm in the process of trying to find the list of cars that are for sale. So well, that. while you do that, I want to talk about uh, a car that we've probably only talked about once or twice in the entire history of Carbitrage, which is a little weird Ooh, considering it's still weird. on sale. Which car? Um, the Jaguar F-Type. Oh. So is that the convertible? Well, it, it started as a coupe. No. Yes. No. Yeah. It, it started as a coupe, the then it became one. a convertible. Yeah. It's their little I, two-door. I, I can't remember. But anyway, so it's it's one of those things. I think the the reason why we've talked about it in the past is it's one of the U.S. bound models where they introduced it. Yeah. It was great, and they didn't give us a manual. And a year later, they dropped a manual. Yeah. So yeah. that that's kind of how the F Type is memorable for us. It also has one of the best sounding V6 engines mm-hmm. ever. Wait, um, that's a V6. It has well, it has a five liter V8 supercharged manual, which I think is only available in all wheel drive and no, automatic. No, but the, the the small engine's a V6, and that's the six speed one. I yeah. thought it was a twelve. No, so it's a supercharged V6, and they that's sound really cool. Sound pretty, that sounds amazing. Pretty good, um, but they're they're facelifting it, so the thing's been around okay. for a while. I think 2013, yeah. maybe, without really any substantial change. Um, and the facelift on the outside, whatever, nobody cares. New bumpers, new lights. They're also facelifting the powertrain, oh. which is inline six turbo. Better, Perfect. much nice. better. Can you I, imagine how good that's going to sound? That's a new corporate engine. They're not even stealing it from somebody. You weren't really wow. happy about that. I know. Good job. <laughs> you you what makes me really happy about uh, that is the auto fact manufacturers are going back to straight sixes. Yes, because yes. nobody nobody wants a V six anymore. No, it's either they're if boring. You're getting, if you're getting a six, they're in Sienna's. If you're getting a <laughs> if you're getting a six cylinder engine, you're getting it because it's a performance car. Well, you're getting it because you need to haul your stupid crossover full of stupid children around faster. Yep. yep. So an EV would take care of that yes. much better. Yes, it would. Or a hybrid four-cylinder. I, I vote EV because there's no transmission. Yes. Well, I'm just saying because stupid crossover owners. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. A through-the-road hybrid four-cylinder would be better because then you get the punch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so but uh, anyway, no, I think I'm, that's I'm super... very happy that we're getting uh, inline sixes back. And I think that's going to propagate into like other JLR products too, I would think. Yeah, so we will probably see it in the just XF. Create an engine right. for a facelift. No, that would be silly. it's like five hundred million dollars to engineer and federalize an engine, so they're probably going to use it in something else as well. Which I'm actually arguably more excited about. Yeah. That. But the F-Type's a gorgeous car. If I mean, it's going to sound like an inline six, which is great. The only thing I haven't found in the article, which I pulled from Car and Driver, is whether or not they're going to retain the six-speed manual as an option. And I hope they do, because if they do, that means whatever this engine finds its way into will also very likely be offered with a manual option, or enthusiasts could convert it at a later date, which I think would be rad. But, I mean, the news about, like, the GR coming out, the Mercedes is bringing back their straight sixes, now JLR is bringing a straight six, like, we're in the straight six renaissance. No, I'm I'm so happy about that. Um, Me too. I think it's going to be great. It has a nice long hood. It'll be a good fit. Let's see <laughs> you can tell we've done we've done a lot of research for this yeah. episode. Well, so, so. Y- 
you have just the, the worst sort of schedule today. That's why we had to rush this one out. And usually, yeah, usually we have a little bit more time to like get our our, sh- yeah. our shit together. If you guys watch the live Twitch stream, generally I will leave it streaming between recordings because we usually do two recordings on a Saturday, drop yeah. one episode on the weekend, and then one midweek. Uh, and usually there's like a 10, 15 minute downtime where we kind of comb and yeah. buff out the second episode. But today that doesn't exist because, yeah, as Ryan said, I am leaving town. Where are you going? Let's I'm fill some time. I'm going to Grand Marais. So it's about 300 miles north of the Twin Cities here. But before I do that, I have to leave here, go home, get cash, go to Home Depot, buy a bunch of stuff to put in EV outlets in Grand Marais. Then I've got to go to a life celebration of an extended family member who died. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a bummer, certainly. But uh, I, I guess he wanted a life celebration instead of funeral. <laughs> so I have right. to do that. And then... Our, man, our internet's stupid in America. Agip high, you can lick my asshole. <laughs> I just got blocked from the Mexican government's website <laughs> from being able to look at that. I do have a VPN, but it's not the. the I got time this to do fist it. right here for Agapai Sphincter. Fuck that guy. I like, anyway, it was like a spicy meatball fist. No, it's the anal fist. You put it in a little kind of pokey thing so you can get it in the sphincter a little bit easier. Fuck that guy. Oh, oh okay. I'm so oh, mad right. at Agapai right now. Um, ah! So Ryan used both our F bombs so this week. <clears throat> we know that there is a Marchiolago and that, other so cars that we're gonna sell. I saw a we can just go well, on the the good man. You are one of angry. one of yeah. Jeez. No, well, hold on. Give us. I, a saw, I saw something that was actually really really cool that I wanted to look at, mm-hmm. and it, what appeared to be a Volkswagen sedan. What, by sedan, I mean the Volkswagen Beetle continuation model that they made like yeah. after 1978. But with a really big hotted up engine that was coming out of the hood. And okay. I didn't know what it was. I wanted to try and click on it. And then it goes, you can't read. This is IP blocked in your country. I'm like, are you kidding me? Welcome to being the rest of the world for yes. our content. This is so that stupid. That was so annoying when I was in Finland. Oh, yeah. I oh, bet. man. I'm glad I had a VPN because that worked really nice. But th- it's amazing the amount of stuff that is blocked for no reason for no reason yeah it's just no reason at all so so yeah that's that's i'm gonna try to tie that into a car somehow like embargoes okay how did embargoes come to be is that just so like it would be fair to the news outlets to get them all to drop stories at the same time to get the traffic i think so i think so yeah because i mean just like the term when i first heard that i'm like that sounds like a trade well you, you it is a trade thing but no the reason they do that is actually um when you're running um, you're, when you are releasing a car, yeah. they used to not do that. And if there's like a massive issue with a car, okay, that would get publicized before any of the good press would come out. Okay. So what they try to do now is this is more of a post-war thing. It's pre-war they didn't do this, and yeah, it, but this is factual. A lot of these manufacturers <laughs> would end up with a car that's like fine, but they'd have like one issue with it, sure. and you know. Another manufacturer would like backhanded, you know, throw some money at a at, at a reviewer. This just seems like this a is the, to like pr- talk about the one problem with the car. Sure. And then before the auto manufacturer even has time to get their their press out, mm-hmm. like all the good reviews, all the good press, and like the ads out, you'd already be hearing the new Pope Mormon whatever doesn't have working windows because you have to crank counterclockwise to get it up or something. This just seems like a pre-internet age thing that yeah, is it sort is. of lagging. It 100% is. Because, yeah. like, I mean, with infrastructure and fleet management these days, like, it's not that hard to roll the cars out to fleet managers and get them in the hands of journalists on a day. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, I mean, I get that it's nice to, like, 
live with it a little bit and establish an opinion and all just drop your thoughts at the same time. I think that's nice because then it doesn't screw over the little outlets either. But I think we could do without them now. You know, some cars at Embargo hurt them. What do you mean? Alfa Romeo. Because when you have an Alfa Romeo, you have a split second in which Alfa Romeo is good before something breaks. And that is the best moment of your Alfa Romeo ownership. That is the best moment. I feel like if they didn't have an embargo, if the reviewers weren't stuck there driving this broken Alfa Romeo on the side of the highway in Chicago for, like, hours. Also, shout out to BVK on Twitch. Thank you for the follow. Thank you. Yeah, that's excellent. Thanks, man. But, uh, yeah, those uh, those embargoes sometimes aren't the most helpful thing. Right. I, I mean, that's uh, just sort of popped into my head. I'm like, what the hell are these still doing here? But it was kind of a, a time fill. So we don't really need to talk about it right now, but that might be an interesting topic to research yeah, I'll, and talk I'm gonna, about. I'm going to actually dig into that a little bit. It's like daylight saving time and not selling booze in cars on Sundays. It just seems like one of those things yeah. that's just like not relevant anymore. All right. So one thing, not selling cars on Sundays, though, that's something I'm like super in favor my of. My favorite thing to do is sell cars on Sundays. My favorite thing to do is to not work at a dealership on a Sunday. Yeah, I'm talking about personal car sales. When I was working... Oh, you can't even do personal car sales? Sure you can. I do it all the time. Okay. No, if you're working at a dealership, you need one day in which you can actually cope with your life. Then close a different day. Yeah, like a Tuesday would work perfectly. Yeah, just like don't be open on a Tuesday. Yeah. That's just as arbitrary. Restaurants do that. Yeah. Yeah, they're open all weekend, then like Mondays and Tuesdays. Or just like don't open until the evening. Like, I've seen more and more restaurants do that. I'm like, that's actually not a bad idea. Like, if you're not like a happy hour place, just don't even open until four. Well, that's the thing with a dealership is they don't uh, don't pay anybody anything unless they're actually doing something. So you're just kind of sitting there. And who's shopping for a car in the middle of a work day? Very, very old people shopping for their last car. (laughs) (laughs) I need a car that's going to see me out, Spartan. What have you got? God, that's. When I was selling cars, come to think of it, that was one of those things that just had me bugging out all the time. Was like when I was selling a car to an old person, I'd go like like profoundly old. I'm talking like seventies, eighties. Like for legit, as far as buying a buying car goes, their last car. This people. is your last car. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there, I'm like, dude, like your last car you're ever gonna buy is a base model on Presley. You're going out like that, and I I'd, I couldn't help myself, but I tried to upsell them. <laughs> I think like, you know what you need. You need to get a Outback 3.0 Touring or a th- oh, sorry, a 3.6R Outback yep. Touring. Like you need to get the best Subaru you can get because mm-hmm. you want something that's going to be fun and exciting and not an actual sports car. Right. Like get the one that's just got a lump of torque on it, mm-hmm. and just, just do that and cut the mufflers off of it and get it to your big wagon Porsche. Yeah, yes. your your old lady car <laughs> needs to be something rad. <laughs> so, the flat six, six is what makes that, that rad. Yeah, you no, know, it is actually. If they had a manual on that, I would be, I would be horribly in debt and driving one. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, I would recommend that car a lot if they offered it with yeah. a stick. It's very, very, very. So cool we car. just need to go to Canada. You know, uh, fun. How do they do that there? With the three. No, they they make the they make the four cylinder with a manual. Well, they used to do that here even. But Subaru is a very lazy company. They and are, and I bet you, there's a transmission that fits just fine. Every single other one. <laughs> You should have said there is. Yeah, every other manual Literally transmission. Every single one. They all bolt up. Not only they bolt up to each other. If you really, really, really want to get the worst possible transmission, you can get the three AT automatic transmission out of a 1986 Subaru GL10 and bolt that up, and it will bolt up and work perfectly with the same starter and flywheel. So the wait, the they so the, never change the mounting points. So the EA, yep, the EJ, yep. Mm-hmm. 
The and EZ the, yep. are all the same bell housing? Yes. What about the FAFB? Yep. Really? Yes. <laughs> That's epic. Ryan loved telling his customers. <laughs> my my oh favorite my thing about Subaru, this is why I like... I now want to put a three-speed auto behind a 3.6. I know. Like it's, <laughs> Everybody's like, people don't understand Subaru until you get one. Or and, an STI six-speed behind an NAEA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing is like... People don't understand Subarus because, yeah, no, they are stupid. <clears throat> they are. I, 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 I am 100% aware of that. But it's they're, the, def- they're undoubtedly the most tinker toy car company. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they just 100%. don't change things. Like, the, the rear differential in a brand new Outback. 1970s. Is the exact same uh, differential housing as the uh, 240Z yeah. that they sourced it from. Yep. It is a different mount, though. They have the mounting points changed because they had the change in geometry of the suspension. Yeah, that happened in like 2004, didn't it? But, I mean, still, things you can get adapter plates. That's the only thing you really need an adapter plate for. But, um, <laughs> and so even epic. those, it just, it, it moves, I think it just, all it does is it moves the holes for the bolts, mm-hmm. like, inwards a couple inches. Sure, probably. Like, that's just it. Independent. The, when they switch it, to, like, the torsion-style yeah. rear suspension arms. Yeah, so, like, when they switch, like, the rear suspension. But, like, yeah, they're... You can bolt up like you don't need any weird like drive shaft or anything. It just bolts on. It's the same number of splines. They just don't change things. I respect that that they that's don't so fix cool. parts that don't need fixing. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's what I love about Subaru is like they just they just don't change it. And they're just like, yeah, we made this engine in 1969, and we're gonna make it till 1994. The tooling's paid for. Yeah, it's like, working fine. It works fine. We can fix this. Like. <laughs> Like, oh, head gaskets are going wrong? What can we, what, what's aftermarket doing? So, oh, they're doing MLS head gaskets and head, All right, we'll just head do those. studs and set head bolts? All right, let's just, yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Oh, those <laughs> cost the same to do as the thing we're doing from the factory. Let's just do yeah, that. Yeah, why aren't we just doing that? Like, it, it, well, even with the head gaskets. And they, they do rolling changes on the assembly line for that stuff, too. Totally, yeah. yeah. And it's like with the head gaskets, that whole thing, they didn't change the head gaskets because it wasn't an issue until they found out 100,000 miles later. So, I mean... Subaru, they have their faults, but they do some really, really cool things. There is and a way to buy a good Subaru. Yes. Yes. And the other beautiful thing is as a company, as like an actual company, they're actually really cool because, you know, they could go full Volkswagen and say, like, I just don't give a shit. Yeah. And just tell I'm people F off. putting on my Subaru sunglasses. Yeah. Where's your vape, bro? Oh. So Subaru could just tell people to oh, F Jana's off. Jana's full Subaru right now. <laughs> <laughs> Subaru could just totally tell people to F off like Volkswagen does. But instead, like when your 120,000 mile Outback has head gasket failure, they're like, shit. All right. Well, what can we do to help you out? Okay. Well, you got a ridiculous amount of miles on your 15 year old Subaru. Well, what we're going to do, we can't really extend your warranty that far, but we're going to give you the upgraded part. And now it's not going to happen again in the future. Or if this happens at 80,000 miles on your 10-year-old Subaru, mm-hmm. you know what? Next 20,000 miles are on us. Anything happens, let us know. I like, think they, they have figured out their engines now. Yeah. But yeah. like how they got all the way through the EA and the EJ. I don't know. And they never fully figured it out. Well, well they kind of did with the closed-deck EJ. But, but by, the, by the time they got to that point, they were doing – it's just how Subaru does their tooling. is. But the thing is that they do their rolling changes. They try their best – but they're not going to do this thing where it's like suddenly it's going to be the same car, but like the 2004 is going to be completely different everything. Like right. They're not going to do well, it that. doesn't make financial sense to do that because that kind of change costs so much money. Mm-hmm. And up until very, very recently, they were a small car company. Like it's only been in the last 
since about 2012. I was gonna say where they've been a mainstream. Yeah, when that that new style outback came out like 2010 or something. Yeah. That's that was a pivotal change for yeah. like when they really started doing some volume. Yeah, and once once they did that, they went from you know being Mazda number to being like. And they still sell stuff with a manual, which is, yes. is good. Yeah, they're they're and gradually I think they getting always written, will. I think so too. There's a lot of. The take rate's pretty good, I think, on like the XV and the Impreza yeah. with the five speed yeah. still. So, well, the, the other the other cool thing is, even if it doesn't come with a manual, you can make it a manual, right? Because as you said, everything bolts together. Bolts together. Yep, bolts together. Use the same ECU. I want to so. talk about super high manual take rate stuff in the United States that yes. isn't Subaru. What is it? Okay, so last Please week we talked. With, well, it might actually. I haven't looked into that. Last week we talked about the Subaru Oyota BT80Z. Yeah, that one. That had a really high take rate. Do you know what else does, though? That, that kind of makes sense because you see them around, and like oftentimes when you peer in their manual, hmm. but the Golf GTI, the okay. Golf R, and the Alltrack. Oh. Yeah, they, they have crazy high take rates. Because this... Okay. They offer it. That's why. Pretty much, but like people actually they order their cars, and like these are clearly like the people that are getting in, and it's kind of like a stretch goal vehicle. It's a good daily, but they still want it to be fun. So this is an autoblog story, but... The uh, Golf R and the GTI have the same take rate, which is 44% stick. That's wow. insane. 56% DSG, but 44% manual still in this day and age. That's that's incredible. Wild, yeah. And I, that, that makes sense because that, that's entirely believable with the number of those that I have come through my shop. It's probably every other car. It's manual. And the transmissions are good and it's it's a way to make these cars much more reliable and i think people know that when they're buying a new gti or a golf r i'm like really the dsg can handle more power but i'm gonna keep this car and i like i'm putting a car payment down on this thing so i really don't have a lot of extra money to spend like throwing mechatronic units and dsgs at this thing so even if it takes less power when they tune it they're opting for the six speed because it's reliable and Honestly, it's it's probably a secondary thing for them, but it's more fun. So I'm very heartened to see that one of the best driving hatches on the market is still going yeah. very strong with a six-speed, especially after Ford canned all of their cars, including their two hot hatches, leaving the competition a little more dry. But that I mean, that was their biggest competition, yeah. I think. The, uh, the GTI was the Focus ST. So that this is actually a thing. What were you saying? Oh, I was going to say one of my parents at school he has a golf and i have yet to figure out if it's automatic or manual mm. and i've seen his wife drive it so i was like trying to figure it out but she's from sweden so she oh. probably drives manual too well, so i'm just does. like i'm just like what is it like i want to know that's a manual yeah me too i get so excited like i i was i went out to lunch last week with my coworker ryan who you guys met mm -hmm. to our usual place i parked in the parking lot next to a root beer brown Volkswagen all-track wagon. Oh, I looked I like inside. That. Yeah, six-speed manual. Yes, it had like a handicap thing on the thing. It wasn't parked in a handicap oh spot. Oh my gosh, that's I'm just amazing! Like, an old person drives this, and it's a six-speed, and it's brown, and it's a wagon, and it's a manual. I was so oh, excited. I'm just I like, this it. is. I'm so glad that these exist and are being purchased by people still. Yeah, a root beer brown manual. I know it was wagon. clean. Mm, it was oh. just. That sounds like a dream. There's a four-motion four as well. So <clears throat> I've read in passing. I don't know how believable it is, but 
Uh, somewhere said 30% of mirages. 30 to 33%. That's so pretty good. One third. That's still higher than the average of 20 Considering most people aren't buying those to have fun with them. Yeah. No. They're well, buying them to be economical. And, and, and the like, manual is less econ- economical. It's just more fun. Right. Like when my sister was up here quite a few years ago now, um, and she had just moved from Seattle to Monterey. Okay. And um, she was talking about how upset she was when um she had to get rid of her tahitian green pearl ef manual Mm -hmm. when she was younger like when she lived in san diego like 15 years ago she had to get rid of it just because it was too old and she was moving campuses like halfway across the country sure she was always looking she loves manual hatches and like good taste yeah and so she got it a Yaris, because you can still get those. Oh, yeah. No, not anymore, <clears throat> as of this year. Oh, that's right. As they changed the body style but, now, so you know, they killed us. But well, still. they gave us a crawl of manual, but sorry. But still, that like, just, car. like, you talk to everyday people. Like, she's not into cars at all, Like she, but she still prefers the manual hatchback. There are absolutely reasons to buy a manual yeah. that don't have anything to do with efficiency or fun. Yeah, and everyone everyone I talk to that knows how to drive manual that isn't driving a manual car currently because, you know, their kids have to drive it or to high school. Get or better kids. Well, Actually, yeah, fun, fun fact, uh, five customers of mine since September have had their kids get first cars. Mm-hmm. Three of them have talked into putting a manual. Good. Nice. Because they don't text and drive that way. Very fine. Yeah, yeah yep. good. Yeah, but like just like reasons like they needed an SUV or whatever, and they right. just don't come in manual like well, options. a lot of them don't. I think yeah. you can still get like a CX-5 front-wheel drive with yeah. a stick, but it's but, you tough. Know, but they like, have to get front-wheel drive. It's just like... Right. And no parent's going to do that because they're all dumb and they don't understand snow tires. Yeah. Well, at that point, why are you getting an SUV? Because of commanding view of the road? I don't know. Why does anyone buy an SUV? Be- because you, you, want, you want a commanding view of the road and you want uh, all-wheel drive. You want to feel better <laughs> than everyone. Yeah, but you can... That's a non... No, because you can buy so many sedans out there with all-wheel drive. Easily. Yes. Well, that's the thing is at, at that point, you don't want... It, the, <clears throat> at that point, the most useless thing in the world is an automatic front-wheel drive SUV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But people still buy them. Yeah, I will take a all-wheel drive automatic SUV before I take a manual front wheel drive because at least, I will then, at least then you have four wheel drive. You can justify your SUV. Otherwise, if you're getting a manual front wheel drive SUV, just buy a hatchback because your crossover is stupid. Now you right. have the Right, I understand and agree, but that's logic. And people don't use logic when they buy cars. It's a purely no, emotional decision. Yes, which they're is, very dumb. People which is are so why dumb. When I told my dad I wanted to buy a Jeep Renegade, he got on his hands and knees to tell me how terrible they are but that's fine i don't need to listen to other people about car choices i just looked in this article uh, i want to mention the uh, the sport wagon the all track whatever yes, that yes. take rate's 28 percent, so wow. over one in four um but this list corolla hatch as 15 percent, and the civic was 13.6 mm, that's amazing. so that's considerably better Regular golfs ten percent. Regular Jettas seven percent. I really wish. I like these so numbers. So this is the thing me that too. bothers me is they don't break down. The by guy in the little Jeep yeah, running no. around back and forth. Yeah, that bothers really me. Yeah. They don't break down per trim level. Oh, that would be interesting. And you which, have which trims are even offered with the yeah. stick? Well, that's the thing. You can get the XSC with a trim le- with a manual, but the Corolla hatchback also comes in hybrid. Oh. oh, yeah. So I, I bet the vast majority of sales are going hybrid. Well, yeah, is this what a percentage, percentage of cars offered with a manual? 
yeah, like th- this is this is exactly why I did not go into a, a statistics major because I would just not be able to have fun at anything wherever. <laughs> because no, I, I Ryan would be mind. breaking oh. it down like <laughs> I to the do, last. I do that in my head. I did. I did two. I do. I did two statistics classes in college. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore because it's ruining everything. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan will throw statistics at me, and I'm like, "What? Oh, oh, okay." Yeah, so I that sounds just awful. I, I did. No, I, it, I, it definitely, <laughs> you know. I did a Facebook. It doesn't do any good. Good. I yeah. did a Facebook poll where I said, "What? What's worse, white people playing the blues or Limp Biscuit?" And I wait till I had thirty responses, in which I could then say that exactly. Um, it was. It, I had forty responses. Exactly thirty of them said Limp Biscuit is in fact worse than white people playing the blues. However, I broke that down, and of those thirty people uh, that said white people playing the blues is worse than Limp Biscuits, uh, twenty-seven of them, of them were white males. The other ten, every single person that said the white people playing the blues is worse than Limp Biscuit, said they were either. Um, ethnicity other than white and they were also female so Mm. fun fact if you had access to my youtube analytics you would just never leave your house i wouldn't i love pouring through statistics anyway that's (laughs) there you go manual still selling strong there you go um let's move on to the what we learned segment (laughs) i can't handle the statistics i learned that ryan knows too much about statistics i i learned that 27% of my 30% or of my 75, 27 of my 30 people of some, my were that said that white people playing the blues is better than Limp Biscuit uh, were white males. And I think that that is shocking that statistic because it means that white males are the only people that listen to other white males play the blues. And I learned that Subaru only has one computer model of a transmission bell housing, so they've just used it just since used the it. dawn of time. Yeah. Yes. It's wonderful. <laughs> so, I, you know what? This should be uh, another question of that we should ask of the week is, like, what weirdo Subaru build would you want to do? Seriously, yeah, that's a good yeah. question. So I would just, I would love to put a three-speed auto, a mechanical three-speed auto behind a 3.6. Okay. And I w- just put it in like a a brat, like a first gen brat. Yeah. I want a Subaru XT6 with a uh, manual transmission. Even better, there's a Toyota Tacoma four speed or five speed that works with the Subaru Bell housing. That makes it then rear wheel drive. It's probably the R154. All right, I'm gonna bring the non-autistic people back and okay. say that I want the. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt edition Subaru, which is Ryan Translate. That is a 2008 Subaru no, Outback. No, it's early, like 2017. 2017. Sorry, 2017 Subaru Outback 36R Touring Wilderness Green with Saddle Brown interior. With a six-speed manual transmission. I mean, that that's the logical answer. That vehicle should exist. Yes. Yeah. I would say a... I ask them every time I walk into the Subaru dealership, like, hey... Can I get this with a manual? I will find. I will sell my kidneys. Yep, both uh, of them. Both of them. I'll live on dialysis. Yeah, just, this car. actually, I think uh, the Carbotrage <laughs> Army should go to Subaru dealerships and demand manual Outbacks. I, uh, okay. We should just go there and harass them until they make it. You know what? I'm change my answer. I'm put the three six R and a BRZ. There you mm, go. Perfect. I like that. I'm still saying three six R, uh, Toyota Tacoma five speed. Okay. Uh, 
a <laughs> Nissan. Just put it in a two eighty. <laughs> no, one second. Nissan two eighty ZX rear diff into a nineteen eighty six Subaru XT Turbo with the digital dashboard. Okay, that'd be kind of okay. cool. All right, that there you go. Really awesome. Thank you for listening. Oh, and T tops. You gotta have the T tops. And T tops. And right. on the T toppy note, we will catch you guys on Bye. Saturday. Bye. Bye.